Coming up on today's show, we have the news and rumors, as well as talking about Adam and Jason's recent experience at the preview of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. This coming up on Traveling with the Mouse. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Traveling with the Mouse. This is episode number 230, and it is Wednesday, August the 21st. I am your host for this episode. My name is John, and I am joined, as always, by Adam. What's up, everybody? And by Jason. You wouldn't know I'm part of the podcast because it just says Adam and John on the feed. <laughs> as we <laughs> as we learned. On what feed? Well, well, we we were in line with someone who looked us yeah. up, and it says "Traveling with the Mouse" podcast, Adam and John. And I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm that. not one of those. But yes, I'm Jason, and I'm I'm part of the show now. <laughs> I well, figure out how to change that. Yeah, I think it's on Instagram. Doesn't it say that? It's like it just says John and Adam or something. I think. It- I think it's what it said or what Does it say that there? Yeah. yeah. Well, that, I think that was part of the contract that I didn't sign, the blood contract, <laughs> yeah. um, that I get no attribution. Um, <laughs> I work for free. Oh That's right. We, we, <laughs> we just need to go look at it. Anyway. <laughs> we'll get to it, folks. Yes, we'll get to it at some point. <laughs> I'll give you a free mug, Jason. Yeah, there oh, you go. I get a mug? Ooh. <laughs> or a, uh, you'll get a, a free Traveling the Mouse t-shirt you already bought. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> as I said, why don't we just try to do some news, archaeology style, so that means like get through it as fast as possible. So, why don't right. I, I, I figure we'd do something a little different this week, so I'll bring up the topic, and then we'll just discuss, okay. like you guys kind of discuss the topic that's at hand, I guess. We'll just crack wise. Yeah, we'll just try and do that. I'm doing them kind of random, so the very first one I'm pulling up is that Forky is back. As you know, that Forky was recalled uh, because it was considered unsafe. There was, what was it that was coming off? Was it his buttons, if I'm not mistaken? Or there was something. The eyes, yeah, the eye, the googly eyes, that's right, uh, were considered a, uh, a hazard or a potential choking hazard. But uh, he's back with his new non-plastic eyes. I guess they're now plush with the rest of him. So it still looks pretty good. I mean, it still looks enjoyable, I guess, if you were a kid. Well, I saw the Forky at Mouse Gears, and it's, I don't know if it's the same one, because I saw one in the Toy Story area that was the True Talkers Forky, the one that talks. Uh, 15 plus sounds or phrases. So that's the one that I got a picture of. Is that the same one you're seeing, John? It's not the same one. The plush one does not is I mean there is one of those that talks, but he's not plush, so he's plastic. Right. Yeah, so that's the one that I got a picture of. I did yeah. not see the plush one out in that area. Uh well, I mean the plush ones and the plastic ones I mean the picture I'm looking at they're together. Mm. So Maybe not in every area. I don't know exactly where this one was taken, this particular photo. Yeah. So, Although it does kind of look like mouse gears <laughs> when I look at it. I can't Maybe tell they were the already background. sold out. Yeah. Maybe when we were there, they were just gone. Everybody wants that plush forky. Well, mouse gears is about to be uh, temporarily 
relocated or is it going to be gone for that time? I forgot which it was, but under refurbishment, like the rest of Epcot. Yeah, right. Pretty much remodel it. They're gonna have to rename it Epcot under refurbishment. Um. All right. So let's move on. Since we're we're said we're gonna try to do this fast, but (laughs) I think we failed on the first story. (laughs) We did Um, a bad rope drop. Yeah. Um. Final leave a legacy monoliths. Uh, entrance fountain stones fully removed at Epcot now. So um, you guys, while you were there, so you got tried to see some of this, but you couldn't really get a shot of it, right? No, I had my uh, camera grip and I tried to hold it up, but it was a pretty tall wall. Uh, maybe I could have jumped or we could have done the monorail, but... Yeah, that's same. We it, didn't have time for the monorail. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there is a shot on this article from the monorail, which gives you a really good view of how they've gotten them mostly leveled. Yeah. Everything except yeah. the bases are in, are gone in this uh, picture. And uh, the fountain seems to be shaping up. Um, I mean, it looks like a pretty much nothing right there, but I, I kind of, because I remember what the classic fountain looked like, I kind of can see that coming back to life in a way. I know it just seemed to me, you remember you remember it, Adam? Yeah. Yeah. I remember. I mean I can kinda see where I can see where that's gonna go, in other words, is what I'm getting at. So I'm actually kind of excited to see some of the classic aspects being involved like that. I mean the fountain would be a nice touch. But as of right now, it's not the best way to come in because you have to go all the way to the right, but you know, once that's opened back up it'll be very nice. Well, you know, when I think about it, I like the majority of the time that I've entered Epcot, it's always right of the fountain. It's very rarely left of, I mean, or the fountain of the the garden there. I usually go to the right of the garden, and like you're just having to go a little further right. You see what I'm saying? Like, I, it seems like I more times enter the right side than the left side. I actually always used to weave around every single monolith before. <laughs> Just because. Yeah, I I thought that was required, actually. To do it like a maze. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, no, it it, it definitely isn't appealing at the moment, but it will be better once it's open and that whole area will be open. I think uh, hopefully that won't take forever. Hopefully it won't take Epcot forever. No. Yeah. (laughs) So let's just move on to the next one then. See, we're, we're going through this relatively rapidly doing it this way. Um, new midday magic ticket offers discounted admission to Walt Disney world theme parks after noon. Have you guys heard about this one? So, far? Oh yeah, this yeah. is a great addition in my opinion and you can get multi-day versions, right? Yes. Let's just kind of go over their specifics with the midday magic ticket. Guests can enjoy admission after 12 PM to one theme park per day, two, three and four day midday magic tickets are available for start dates on or before December the 15th. Two-day magic tickets valid for admission after 12 are available for $88 per day, three-day for $84, and four-day for $79 per day. This one would be kind of a a good option for the the family that likes to sleep in as well or likes to take advantage of the morning at the resort maybe. Mm -hmm. Would be good options. Yeah, I mean, I could totally see... If you're not a rope drop family, do this ticket because it's way cheaper. And I mean, if you're not rope dropping, you're basically getting there in the worst part of the day. So you might as well just wait till later 
and go go to the yeah. pool. Right. Go to a dining reservation. Do a character breakfast. I don't know. Do something. Just yeah, if you can, if you can live with not being in the parks in the morning time at all for the whole four days, um, this is the ticket for you because you know seventy nine dollars per day versus if you just did what the one day ticket, the total on the four day is like a hundred and eight dollars per day versus seventy nine dollars per day, and that's a significant difference. Hopefully, it will help the crowds disperse a little bit in the mornings where the people will start buying yeah. these tickets in the mornings won't be so bad. Uh, well, I seem to notice that uh, the majority of guests are kind of like those in-betweens. Like they, they have intentions of getting there early, but they yeah. miss it and they're there around between nine and 10 or maybe even 10 and 11 in some cases. <laughs> That's the majority of the families that go. You know, yeah, especially I can attest to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I, I can too. Um, yeah. I've just almost always, pretty much since I've been married, I have scheduled most things for later in the day, most of the time. I, d- I don't rely on doing things early. Uh, for instance, the last time I was there, the way I got flight of passage in was I went to early morning magic hour by myself and managed to get back by the time everybody was ready to go to breakfast. Okay. Yeah. Or ready to, to go. What, what, whatever yeah. it was. I don't really remember right this minute, but that's how right. I got that in. So that included not only ma- missing exactly on it because of the bus driver going in the wrong direction, but right. also the 50 minute in standby that I, that I had to wait. So it's hard to get little kids up and going. A park hopper option and park hopper plus option are available for add-on. For park park hopper plus option and, and admission to Disney water parks and other fun activities is after twelve um, as well. And uh, they're not refundable, not transferable, and exclude activities, events that are separately priced. Of course, just so you know. All, All right. right. So I guess that's the next iteration of the challenge. Is you have to do it on the. The afternoon ticket. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, in September, you could actually probably try that <laughs> with the uh, with everything that's going to be closed, which actually just happens to be the next story that I have to pop up <laughs> is Astro Orbiter unplanned refurbishment has been extended through September the 19th mm. at Magic Kingdom. I'm disappointed about this. I am running on September 4th, and you would think... I would want more things to be closed, but I just feel like there's already long hours that day, and Astro Orbiter is one of those that really affects runs. So from a challenge perspective, I'm like, I kind of wish it was open. I, I want the challenge out there, not not to make it too easy. Well, if you want the challenge, do O2 free. This is like prime time for O2 free <laughs> September of this year. Those yeah. two dates, anyway. Yeah. If I had a completion under my belt, I would consider it, but I'm going to go shoot for the completion. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, if I can get a completion, then I can start doing crazier things. He's like, he's like, if I can get a completion right. on September 4th and like have my options besides Casey by the time the day's over with. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. That would be an accomplishment, right? Well, after you get a completion, we talked, we were joking around about the hardcore archaeology challenge what we were talking about is you have to ride every 
anything that moves, literally anything that moves. So you have to rent a scooter at every park. As ride, well. ride the monorail. <laughs> yes, and yeah. the friendship boats and yeah. anything that moves. Got right. yeah, any, anything that moves. You got to get a minivan. You got to go yeah. over to the campground and ride that little bus that takes you around. <laughs> exactly. Well, <that's>, <laughs> rent a golf cart. <laughs> that, that kind of <laughs> that kind of brings up something. You said talk about making it challenging. Use Disney transportation. That'll make it challenging. And then I just will get. I'll get to twenty. That just makes it stupid. <laughs> that just makes it dumb. You know, I thought about this, though. There's one thing that's a little different about this compared to what it used to be is, you know, you have the bus wait times on the app. So if you timed it right, it might not be as bad, but I don't know. No, it's bad. I'm not saying. You know what's great about my car? I can get in and and, dr- and drive away. Even if I get there when the bus shows up, I have to wait for all those people to get on. I have to wait for the guy to lower the bus to let the four people with a scooter get in and then raise the bus back up. Yeah, And then he drive he drives about the third of the speed or less than what we drive down World Drive. I think they drive half the speed of smell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. To get there. I'm just throwing stuff out there. I I totally agree with you about the car, though, because I was doing that beforehand, especially whenever I stayed at uh, Coronado, I drove. Matter of fact, whenever we were staying at Polynesian and we're at Pago Pago, because of where their parking lot is, I actually drove to the further away parks like Animal Kingdom and um, Hollywood Studios then. But of course, you know, Magic Kingdom and Epcot had you had monorail option from there, so I took monorail from there. But you know, driving even from Polly was a better option than the bus. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm sure the monorails have always been kind of slow, but after you've been in challenge mode, you realize like the monorail is so slow too. Well, the monorail used to have a charm to it. I guess maybe not as much, but anymore. But it was part of it was riding the monorail. It was kind of yeah. like another ride, in a way. Right. Oh, I still love the monorail. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but it just it took forever to get from Magic Kingdom to Polynesian for a dinner reservation we had the other day. It was just like, oh my gosh. You might would have been get better off over. taking the express to uh, ticket ticket <laughs> center. Walking. Yeah. I mean, I'm just just a thought. Yeah. Anyway. Possibly. So Astro Orbiter was the story, and it was originally closed in mid-July and has been extended through September 19th before we <laughs> got off on that rabbit trail. So much like Primeval World, you know, scheduled reopening of the attraction may be pushed back in the near future. Right now, the 20th will be the day that Orbiter is back open. So unless something else comes about. so. And did you catch there's one more thing down for refurbishment? What was it? The Liberty Square River boat closed today and is supposedly closed through August 23rd. Right. So not, it was supposed to be a short one. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We'll see, though. Yeah. yeah. The other two are supposed to be short, too. Right. It'd be interesting to see why they were closing the river boat for such a short period of time anyway, because it's only four days. It's all scheduled for anyway. So what are you going to do, Jason, if on September 4th it's still not reopened? I mean, that's only two weeks or ten days later. Oh, if the riverboat's not reopened? Yeah. I guess I'll just, I don't know, I'll finish and watch the fireworks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at that. Good Lord. 
I mean, it, yeah. it the riverboat makes. I mean, That's with a no huge chunk of time. yeah, with with no riverboat, basically, the plan that I'm probably going to run with, I'll be at Magic Kingdom until the first raft. But with no riverboat, that's another 30 minutes to ride more stuff at Magic Kingdom. I'll have probably two more rides done. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. All right. So moving on to um, special photo pass opportunities revealed for Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party at Magic Kingdom. Have you guys seen some of these? Like at the entrance to Magic Kingdom, they have a pretty cool one with the Headless Horseman and kind of like a, a, a spooky moon in the background. They have some in front of the castle where it looks like you're holding a, a, like a flaming pumpkin almost. One that looks like you have a cauldron with the poison apple. I mean, just some pretty neat, some good Haunted Mansion opportunities that they were that they had added. Uh, if you can take a look at those, that's pretty cool, like with the hitchhiking ghosts. And uh, there's one where they have the hat box ghost, like your head's in the box is one of the photo things. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, you know, several different options that they have uh, for the party this year. That's pretty cool. So if you have photo pass or you use photo pass on your vacation, I actually encourage that you do because you know, you can take real advantage of that when compared to if you just wanted to buy photos here and there, even Um, the photo pass is well worth it. I would think, do you guys think so? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's one of the best perks of the annual pass is that it's included because uh, that's a pretty decent value there. Even when it's not, I still think it's a good value, even with the price that they charge, what you get for what they charge. (laughs) Yeah. Well, when you charge $15 for one picture, uh, yeah, I'm like, that's insanely ridiculous. So, yes, it's a good value from that standpoint, yes. And the thing about it is, is you can make... You can have enough photos to make it worth your while without even trying most of the time. <laughs> when, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, especially with the on-ride photos just yeah. showing right up. Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, and just imagine if you took advantage of every other opportunity. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So, this is one I had not heard about until this story. But Disney builds test rooms for Pixar's The Incredibles overlay of Disney's Contemporary Resort Hotel, and I see a few pictures. Mm-hmm. They have Elastigirl on the outside of this room, apparently, with, you know, like her on the monorail, kind of, in a more con- contemporary style painting. It looks like they have the carpet on the floor starting yeah. to look more incredible than, like, a fried egg like the rest of like they've had for a long time. Yeah. I mean, this looks cool, but aren't the Incredibles supposed to be set in, like, the 50s? So what's contemporary about the Incredibles? <laughs> Well, this hotel was built a long time ago. Maybe that's... <laughs> okay, the <laughs> 70s. So what's contemporary about something from 20 years before this was built? I don't Why know. are you thinking so hard about this? I mean, yeah. it's just... It's the Incredibles. Uh, well, uh, somebody should think hard about it before they start d- I doing mean, stuff that doesn't make sense. Beauty because... and the Beast is going to be in the Grand Floridian, so... Yeah, that makes total sense. Look, if there's anything you know about the uh, tag team of Iger and Chapik, it's IP, 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 no matter where you put it. <laughs> Apparently, they drink a lot of water. Yeah. <laughs> IP. Or coffee. But. UP. We all we pee. All pee. <laughs> For the Incredibles uh, overlay. 
Right. I, yeah, I mean, why not put some IP that makes sense? I mean, they have Mary Poppins in the uh, Grand Florian already, and they just made a movie about it that apparently didn't do well enough for them to care about it. So I think they don't I think update it. that someone should create a meme uh, that has like Mickey, uh, like, like with a, um, like a whip in his hand, like beating a horse that has IP on the side of it. And, uh, <laughs> and post that right. somewhere because they're talking about incredible steakhouse, maybe taking over what would, I mean, chef Mickey's God forbid, <laughs> you know, um, oh, wow. that would be interesting. Either that they well, would it used to be the Concourse Steakhouse back in the day, right? Just, they would probably just, just as move. long as they don't touch the wave. I mean, that is my <laughs> favorite restaurant. Untouchable. That's what it I is. Have, that I have two reservations for the wave on September fourth. I'm going to go twice. And come September fourth, yeah. it's going to be called the Incredible Wave, or maybe the Frozen Wave or Frozone just, Wave. <laughs> just as long as they don't close it. So are they they're gonna get rid of Chef Mickey's and put in the incredible characters. That's just I mean it's not saying that they were they're just talking about that as a possibility. So I think if they did something like that they would put that there and then maybe move Chef Mickey's because Chef Mickey's many many moons ago was actually in downtown Disney or what was called the Village Marketplace at that point mm-hmm. in time many moons ago. Many, yeah. many moons ago. Yes, and I don't mean many as in M I N N I E. I mean M A N Y. No, but it was, I, I remember it was still the Concourse Steakhouse in the 90s. Yeah. So it wasn't that long ago when Chef Mickey's moved over. But, I mean, this sounds, I mean, Chef Mickey's, shouldn't that be at, like, Magic Kingdom? I mean, that would be a good place for it to me. But Interestingly course, enough, Mickey has never had a presence in a, at a meal in Magic Kingdom, that, to my knowledge. Yeah. I don't know why that Although is. I guess because they have the meet and greet, it's kind of weird if you go from there and go to breakfast and like Mickey's gets around quick, man. Yeah. I guess the only reason why the Cinderella one makes sense is because she's really just downstairs doing a meet and greet and she could go to the lunch and dinner and breakfast or whatever at any point in time. Anyway. I mean, Mickey gets out for the parades. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. You could go meet Mickey at Town Square Theater and walk out during the parade, and Mickey's there again. Wow, that you know, was quick. Now that you brought that up, this is this is an opinion here, but as far as seeing Mickey at Town Square, I do not understand why that line is as long as it is, especially now that he doesn't talk. I mean, you're going to get a better encounter and double if you do a breakfast with, that includes him. Whether it be Ohana, whether it be um, Chef Mickey's, whether it be Garden Grill, you're going to get a better overall experience, cause, and, and you get to eat at the same time. Um, going yeah. doing it, you know, well, you not get everybody a, goes and does you know meet and greets, and I mean, if you just go, most people are wearing first time buttons or just don't know. I mean, and I think there's something something to doing Mickey there. It's just it's nice. I mean, Chef Mickey's last time was $45 a person that we went there a few weeks ago. And then the uh, meet and greet, you get the photo pass photos. There's no photo pass photographer at the character meal. So. No, but you don't need one. No. Because you have time to actually take your own. Your own. Right. Your own. But You're you on. still get like, <laughs> you know, the photo pass will take, you know, half a dozen or ten pictures, hopefully. Of right. your encounter, 
So you get lots of pictures you don't have to take yourself and you can actually be in them. Well, so I was just I thinking know. 45 minutes and accomplish getting a meal. Like I don't have to stop to eat it, you know, later for a while and, mm-hmm. and getting the character out of the way versus waiting 45 minutes to do the character experience. Yeah. But I mean, you know, that was just my thought. Well, it's not always that long, although it is most of the time. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, moving on. Back to the Halloween party stuff. New unlimited access Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party Pass has been announced for the Magic Kingdom. Yeah. I, I thought it was, I saw that Kenny the Pirate upgraded his. I mean, this is only for locals, right? I mean, this is not for out of towners. You would think, but I, it's not like they're, they'll take your money if you want to, to buy it. <laughs> yeah. What is it? Two ninety nine, right? Is that the price? It's the, uh, the party pass costs two ninety nine for guests, ten and uh, up, and two eighty four for three to nine. Yeah. So. Now, if this was Christmas and Halloween party, like a season pass for both parties, I would be more interested in it. But you know, for us out of towners, it's hard to get to four parties to make it pay for itself. Yeah, I was gonna say for someone who frequents and they just want to go to that many parties, but I mean. I don't know that I would want to go to enough parties to make this worth my while, truthfully. I mean, if I've gone to it once in a year, then I've gone to whatever they had for that year, and they're not going to change anything in the same year. So, Well, you could do one night, just do the parade. One night, go do character meet and greets. One night, right. ride rides. Yeah, you could slow it down, I guess. How, how That's what I was do. thinking, because you can never do everything in one night. There's impossible to do everything there is to do in one night. So. Oh. Jason, sounds like a new challenge. Yeah, right. I think it is impossible <laughs> just because of the lines that they get for some of those character meet and greets. Yeah, like Jack Skellington or the Seven Dwarfs or whichever one they have out that year. That, or in our case, Moana, which we waited an hour for. Anyway. Yeah. Well, you know, there's those those people are saying how will soon will the archaeology challenge be impossible within the next couple of years. So... I don't know. Maybe it's not impossible. If you get the right night. It will definitely be a challenge for sure once everything is open. So, all right. Moving along. D23 Expo 2019. Lucasfilms announces their Star Wars panels for the D23 Expo and much more. So, Mm -hmm. what uh, what does Lucasfilms make again? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so Lucasfilm hosts a pavilion on the, on the show, show floor with an impressive display showcasing the evolution of the Star Wars Stormtrooper. Uh, come explore the history of the menacing soldiers from the Star Wars and get an up-close look at an array of screen-used costumes, including the new Sith Trooper from Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. I'm assuming that's the red one. The exhibit will host a special video exploring Stormtrooper design, featuring interviews with concept artist Doug Chang, uh, Lucasfilm animation veteran David Filoni, and the director of Star Wars The Force Awakens and Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, J.J. Abrams. The stunning display is a rare opportunity to examine these production costumes up close and study the many unique styles deployed throughout a galaxy far, far away. Also featured in the Lucasfilm Pavilion will be a special space for young Padawans that will include the colorful 
Star Wars Galaxy of Adventures video shorts, along with multiple interactive activities for younglings and families to relax and enjoy. Um, D2, D23 will be your first chance to sign up for Disney+, Plus, which kind of leads into a different story. But they mention it because um, you get a closer look at the world of The Mandalorian, the first Star Wars live-action series, making its debut on the service November the 12th. They have a di- and during during the Disney Legends ceremony, they're going to honor James Earl Jones. It sounds like. Mm-hmm. So, is he already a Disney legend at this point? Or it says this year's recipients are Wing Chow, Robert Downey Jr., John Favreau, James Earl Jones. So I guess mm-hmm. he's not. Bette Midler, mm-hmm. Kenny Ortega, Barnett Ricci, Robin Roberts, Diane Sawyer. Ming Na Wen and Hans Zimmer. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure that it's 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 like the Disney um like legends are gonna start looking like the WWE Hall of Fame. <laughs> like let's say the bar is is so low that James Cameron can't even raise it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> What did, Which he's what, probably a Disney legend too by now. What are what is Diane Sawyer's contribution? I guess because she was ABC and ABC's Disney. Uh, yep. I mean, that's, that's is that about it though? Robin is that, Roberts is the same way. Does that qualify you as a Disney legend? <laughs> I mean, absolutely. Anyway, <laughs> I agree. Right. Is The Rock a Disney legend yet? Future after the Jungle Cruise comes out, <laughs> yeah, he will be. Future. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because what we need is you said WWE. I mean, we need a wrestler. Former in the Hall of Then he'll be in two. He'll be he'll be the only person in both the Disney Legends and WWE Hall of Fame at one point because he's not in it yet. I don't think. Yeah. One day. Oh, he. One will day be. he'll be in both. One day. <laughs> the Jungle Cruise is going to be the highest grossing Disney film of all time. This is going to be like the the EGOT, you know, the Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. Now you're going to go for <laughs> WWE and Disney Legend right. combo. <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to be the next one, I'm sure. <laughs> I was going to say you, you Sorry, actually Steve gave Austin. you actually gave me another good segue because you talked about a Disney movie making a ton of money, and now Toy Story Four has become the fifth movie this year to make over a billion at the box office for Disney. Billion? I think they're inflating those numbers. So that means they've made means they've made five billion dollars right with in just five movies. <laughs> so. Uh, do you, I mean, it's it's pretty obvious, I think, what the five movies are, but can you name them without looking? So, I don't know. Endgame. That's the one at the top of the list, yes. Which one do you think is number two? Toy Story 4, probably. Actually, it's The Lion King, believe it or not. Oh, The Lion King already? Yes. Holy crap. Yeah. Aladdin. I was going to say that would be third, but... Aladdin's fourth. Third is Captain Marvel. Uh, oh, yeah, Toy Story is actually coming in fifth. Oh really? That kind of saddens me that Toy Story is behind all those movies, but and you know Frozen Two is still yet to come out this year, so they could have a sixth one before the year is over. And uh, what Rise of Skywalker is before the year? I doubt it'll have yeah. a chance to reach a billion dollars before the year is out, but you know, we'll see. Yeah. Well, I don't. I mean, do they count it? I guess they count it from when it when starts. It's released or yeah, I don't maybe. Know. Well, if that's the case, then they have a chance to have seven $1 billion movies. So right. it's got to be some kind of a record. So I'm just really surprised The Lion King's made it up that high so far. I guess second to an end game right now. I find it hard to believe it's that good. 
I'm just saying. Well, I'm, I mean, Jungle Cruise, it should hit $2 billion at least, right? <laughs> yeah, minimum. U.S. Well, Endgame US only. Endgame is yeah. actually almost at 3 <laughs> Well, I don't Jungle know. Cruise is going to beat that. Uh, Endgame is <laughs> Endgame is two point seven nine five right now, so it's approaching three billion. I don't know if it still has a chance to make any more, but the, if it, if they were to re-release it with something special yet again, they probably would reach three billion. But anyway, so yeah, that's that's. Uh, I mean, let's be honest: is anybody really making any good movies other than Disney, though? <laughs> I mean, or making or making things that people want to see other than Disney? Well, Disney owns every studio now except Universal. Warner Brothers, right? (laughs) I'm kidding, but yeah, I mean, they own a lot of a lot of Hollywood at this point. Yes. Well, I mean, the thing thing about that is most of those are remakes and sequels too, out of what they made. So, you know, they're doing it without having to be creative. (laughs) Let's just say, (laughs) I mean, seriously. So, without having to be too creative, I should say. So. All right, all right. Let's get through these last few pretty quickly. Disney Vacation Club members staying at Grand Villas are now entitled to purchase additional Fast Pass Plus reservations. Woo woo! S- <laughs> Does that mean you're? That's really why Jason looked into DVC. <laughs> yeah, he just I, I mean, more Fast Pass. I mean, at like what two hundred <laughs> and something points a night, <sighs> yeah. I can I can get the entitlement to get more Fast Passes. I mean. If you if you're a Grand Villa stayer and you stay every year, you're gonna have to have like I don't know, four, do a week every year. That's like fourteen hundred, fifteen hundred points. That is a fortune. Yeah, we're talking like over two hundred thousand dollars to buy that many points. Two hundred thousand. Yeah, at one hundred and eighty-eight dollars wow. a point. Yeah, I guess if so. you buy if you buy fifteen hundred points, that's over two hundred thousand dollars. Wow. And do they say you get the fast passes, or you get you the to option buy to buy them? Yeah, you still so. have to, you still just get the option to buy them. You get the privilege of buying fast pass. Like really though, fifty dollars per person per day. Right. So and if you're staying at a grand villa, you can't oh, just give it to them. Not only that, you're you're right. have to have a hundred and fifty dollars spent because it's a minimum of three days. Yep. So you're already going to have to spend one hundred and fifty if you do it at all. But it doesn't have to be everybody in the villa, and it doesn't have to be all the days of your trip. Just minimum three days. Right. <laughs> so they well, might as well say $150 for three days instead of $50 a day, because <laughs> you have to do that. Like, you have no if choice. If you got that many points, I guess, what's an extra $150 a day? Well, or whatever it is. Point taken. But I mean, if you're in a grand villa, you got more than three people in your party, I would hope, but... Right, yeah. But, yeah, three-bedroom Grand Villa. So you have to stay there at least two nights to get the three-day part, right? To get to the three-day Fast Pass. So yeah. let's just say you're doing three nights to make it not so stressful. Three nights in a three-bedroom Grand Villa. If everybody's pitching in, so to speak, if it's one of those things where we said people are uh, sharing points, you know, if you have a family yeah. that's they're they're all chipping in to pay for the points. I could see that. That's about the only way I could see anybody using a three-bedroom Grand Villa. Yeah, that three-bedroom Grand Villa is expensive. It's nice. Now, maybe some of those people who have maxed out their points are staying there. Uh, you can buy up to 4,000 points at one resort. So there you go. If you've got that, 
Yeah. Yeah, see, I could see situations when it can happen, but... And there's only so many Grand Villas on property anyway, so I guess they're just saying if you're staying in one, we're going to give you this option. All right. So, um, as I mentioned about Disney Plus a minute ago, they revealed that there's going to be a Founder Circle offer. Basically, uh, what the Founders Circle, the offer will require a three-year commitment to Disney Plus and will result in $23 off per year. And so you get a Founder Circle pin uh, while supplies last. It's only if you're actually at the expo will they let you do that. Wow. So, Boo. If it was overall, I would have definitely participated. Do you? So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to launch on November 12th, which is not that far away anymore. Yeah, so getting close. They do have a special bundle deal now that includes Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, and Hulu that's going to be offered for twelve ninety nine a month, which that's a pretty good deal. But I think, you know, offering it at twelve ninety nine a month, it would definitely boost like ESPN Plus's uh, number of subscribers, that's for sure. Because uh, ESPN Plus really doesn't, have very much appealing on it on a regular basis from what I remember seeing. Just saying. So, you know, it's easy to throw them in there. Now, Hulu would be... I wonder what they're including in that Hulu, though. It's got to be just regular Hulu. It can't be Hulu Live. There's no way they're doing oh, it's that. Not, it's not Hulu Live, and it's probably yeah. Hulu with, with commercials. Yeah, I don't know what it is. But Hulu gets bundled with everything. Hulu got thrown in with my Spotify subscription. Really? Get Hulu, yeah. <laughs> Well, see, I actually have yeah. the Hulu Live version. That's what I use for TV. That was the better of the streaming services that I've tried. And uh, actually, it's the best streaming service that I've tried. I've tried at least two others. And I looked at doing the Google TV, the YouTube TV. Mm-hmm. But, That's the one I have. Well, the the deal breaker for us was they didn't have Food Network. And they Hulu, do Hulu did. Oh, they do? Did they increase yeah, they the added. price? They did, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's what I thought. It's like 50 now. Well, Hulu was 45 and already had it, and Google was 40 and didn't. So that was right. kind of a no-brainer for us at the time. Well, it's so, now 50, but it does yeah. have it. So still, I mean, that's a better deal for television than anything else, in my opinion. But, you know, I I, I don't see myself doing the bundle just because I already have Hulu Live, so maybe I would just do just the Disney Plus because it's only going to be what seven dollars a month as it is. I might consider doing the twelve ninety nine to include the ESPN, but I don't think I would need it. No, I just want Disney Plus. Yeah. How about you, Jason? I am going to just get Disney Plus, and if they do offer a version where I can prepay, I will do that because I do not think it's going to remain seven dollars. Oh, yeah. three years. I think if you can get that by three years ahead of time, you might as well do that because I think a year from now, it'll be like $10. Yeah. Three years from now, it'll be 20 bucks a month. I mean, it's going to go up fast, I think. I think, though, that they're trying to consistently, at least to start off with, be lower than most and they can afford to because they own all the content they're going to be streaming, unlike some of these other services. I think they're purposefully trying to stay under those services to get the subscriptions. Right. Now, and, and as soon as yeah. they have the subscriptions, they're going to jack up the price. Possibly. Uh, they will, they'll make it, they'll probably creep it in. They'll probably do like tickets. They'll probably like make it annual for a couple of years and then they'll take a couple of years off. Then they'll go back to some more, <laughs> something like that. Mm-hmm. 
but and try to make it gradual. They probably have a set like target that they want it to be in like five years, don't you think? I bet they do. I bet they discuss this sort of stuff in their meetings. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. I just hope the original content is really good, like The Mandalorian. That's one I'm looking forward to. I'm hoping that's really compelling and good. Yeah. Worth getting. I just, I mean, just for the classic content alone that I can just have at my fingertips, that's enough to sell me on it. <laughs> that's, I mean, it really is. That's true, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, yeah. The new I stuff have, is not the reason to get it, but. Yeah. I have direct tv now which i think has now changed to at&t now and i'm just going to cancel that and switch over to this because i only i i I rotate between streaming services anyways uh so like i've tried all the different ones and i just bounce between who has the best deal and certain times of the year i want hbo certain times i don't but this is one of those like netflix where i'm just going to keep it i always have netflix i'm always going to have disney plus and see, Netflix, I actually dropped because I wasn't watching it that much. <laughs> so I actually dropped the the Netflix uh, subscription. Well, it's but, not just me that's watching it. It's also all the other people that are using my Netflix account. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Everybody, everybody likes to poach off of your Netflix account. Can I get your... I'm like, it's not that expensive, people. Yeah, really. Just well, what? we keep going up too, but you know our thing. Yeah. You know what our thing was when we had Netflix. The main thing we were watching was like every time it was really Maddie was watching Moana on it, and I'm like, you know, we could just buy Moana and uh, save the ten bucks a month or whatever it was, and actually come out better because <laughs> it's pretty much all that was being watched on it. And you know, with the Hulu Live, you actually have some stuff you can search that are older shows sometimes that you know it. it it becomes available here and there, though, that if you just wanted to pull it up and watch it, you could, you know, kind of like yeah. Netflix, but it's random. You know? I think it's funny that there's a lot of these services like, I'm sure, Disney Plus, where it's going to be eight bucks a month and there's going to try to be like 10 people piling on one subscription. Oh, I'm like, you know, given yeah. that it's Disney, though, I bet they have a way of cracking down on that or trying to at least just just yeah. based on how they operate the parks. I mean, think about it. <laughs> You'll have to scan your magic band for it <laughs> yeah. to work. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> All right. Let me get through these last couple here. Uh, mobile ordering is now available at Walt Disney World Resorts. Ones, some new ones, I should say. Saskagoola at uh, Port Orleans. World Premier Food Court. End Zone Food Court Intermission at the All-Star Resorts. Everything Pop at Pop Century. And the Mara at Animal Kingdom Lodge. And Contempo Cafe at the contemporary mobile order continues to expand i personally enjoyed it back whenever it wasn't on the dining plan because i had a, a time where i went to restaurantosaurus and there was a line like out the door and i went up to the cast member and i asked i was like if i have mobile order do i need to get in this line and she just pointed over there to the area where mobile order was and there was literally no one uh, over there in that queue at that point in time which has changed some now but it's still a good service so yeah it's still faster i would yeah. say some are like the dole whip at aloha isle is one that's usually pretty busy yeah even with mobile order well it's like fast like, pass for food yeah satuli is is uh usually pretty quick because it was the original kind of made for it 
So Joe Rody explains lack of wheelchair accessible boats on Navi River Journey in Disney's Animal Kingdom. So in a public conversation on Twitter, he um, revealed uh, some previously unknown details about Navi River Journey. He explained that the attraction's positioning within Pandora prohibited the possibility of the wider boats that would be needed. That seemed pretty vague to me. What did? What I just said? That, yeah, like, just because it's positioned in a certain place, like, you couldn't have widened the river, like, I don't or made the boats bigger. Like, I'm still not quite understanding why that's the reason. Space allotted for it, I guess? I mean, they had to work within the space that were allowed it. space for it? <laughs> Make it bigger? Well, I mean, you can think know. about it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, they should have thought about it. Isn't that the point? No. Yeah. Well, you know, we as we discussed in previous ones, Disney's not about getting as many people or as much space. They're about fitting as much as they can into a smaller space and going with that. Yeah. They're not interested in capacity on rides anymore or anything like that, apparently. So... It's probably budget concern, budget cuts. That's my guess. Yeah. They're just like, eh, forget it. And like I said before, they don't, and what we're saying in that, they don't make people eaters for the same reason they they cut whatever they don't think is as as necessary. But but he says, he, he started with many complex checkmates was the comment he said concerning it. I don't know. Personally, um, if I came to this ride and saw that it had a wait time you know, like it has now, even if I, if I approached it at a time where there was a pretty long wait and I didn't have a fast pass, I just wouldn't do it. I mean, that's, that's the way I feel about it now, but I mean, it's not bad. It's just not worth a long wait. Well, I made Adam wait 90 minutes for it once, but yes. And a few weeks ago we waited probably 30 minutes for it or 25. I forgot how long it actually was. It's worth it. It's a great ride. <laughs> Stop like hating. The, it's which, an okay ride. All right, which is better, um, uh, Navi River Journey or the rafts? Mm. <laughs> like, from an enjoyability perspective, Navi yeah. River Journey. Navi River Journey, yeah. okay. I'll Just even curious. agree with that. Yeah. Like, okay, more enjoyable than the rafts, okay. Well, I was wondering what Jason would say because, you know, he says the rafts is a great ride, so... Well, I mean, it is because it's a ride. <laughs> okay. It's, it's a great gr- ride because it's a ride. Yeah, it's just a great, it's an overall great ride. Um, doesn't mean it's the best ride, but it is a, a great ride. Yeah, It's not the best ride, but it is the worst ride. Okay, <laughs> It's so not I- the worst. It is not the worst. <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to make this one the last one. The concept art, the first look at Reflections, okay? A Disney Lakeside Lodge, hotel rooms featuring Bambi, Brother Bear, Fox and the Hound, Pocahontas, and more. So um, room types have now been revealed. Um, The entrance, based on the artwork, it looks very bland right now, but I'm pretty sure there's going to be some color added to it. The resort's lobby features glass walls, rock formations, nestled rooftop, there is a little bit of coloration in there. It looks like they're trying to make it, I don't know, they're they're devoting it to as many animal-based Disney IPs as possible. That's what it sounds like <laughs> since we talked about IPs earlier. So, yeah. 
Well, I hope they do add color because I see this, the Pocahontas statue, and I don't see the colors of the wind <laughs> because they're not colored. Right. So, yeah. Just saying. They do. They are showing uh, what appears to be, I guess it's supposed to be the wind all around right there. Right. But yeah. they're not, there's no color to yeah. the wind. There's so no, there's no leaves. They're supposed to be leaves. I can't paint with the colors of the wind if they're not, no color. <laughs> if they don't exist. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it looks pretty pretty neat, um, the way they got the lobby configured here. I mean, it still does kind of, I mean, I'm sorry, not just the name, but this reminds me of something you might see in some sort of rehab facility, like like a rehab <laughs> facility for celebrities or something. Right. That's what it looks like. <laughs> I mean, it, it actually looks kind of like a spa. Like the, yeah. whole, the whole resort looks like a spa, basically. It's Like I said, it's going to be great. Everything's great. Everything is great. <laughs> Everything yep. Disney does is great, right? If they put a raft to reflections, then I'll be oh, happy. Mm-hmm. Oh, they'll have some sort of water uh, transportation. Catchy. Yeah, it's going to have a I grand villa, <laughs> so you can get your fast pass. Get I wonder those. how many points per night that one's going to be. Mm. The rooms look pretty neat, though. I mean, just based on the artwork, I can see there. Maybe we should post yeah. a link or something <laughs> to this for people <laughs> yeah. that are listening to the show so you can actually see what we're talking about. There's a lot of concept art, yeah. Yeah. I see some, what, Fox and the Hound rooms, several Bambi rooms. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Disney must plan on uh, remaking the Fox and the Hound. They're going to make a yeah, no, they make a live version. showing it, don't they? <laughs> yeah. They must plan on bringing that one back to life. Cause I guess. That and Hercules. Because yeah, based on Hades showing up, yeah, they get a lot of the, don't they? I see in this one Bambi room uh, concept art that they have um, flower in the pull down bed. I don't know if I'd want to be sleeping uh, right there next to <laughs> right. a skunk. Is but, it? Uh, do they spray some scent in the room? I hope not. If you push the button on the wall next to it, it lights it, up. and it, It's Adam's worst nightmare. Uh, Figment pops up and says, Welcome to the smell lab. And Eric Idle starts singing. <laughs> right. And they spray you oh, with the God. skunk smell. Imagination. Uh, no. All right. Now we're done with news. So let's move into... And, it, you know, we did a decent time on that, but... Let's move into your experience at Galaxy's Edge. So we did a passholder preview of Galaxy's Edge on, what was this, Saturday the 17th. And we were in the 9 a.m. slot, so we were the first ones in there, although they were letting people in super early, apparently. Yep, they were there. They were there. I mean, I arrived at the park. I was in the park by 8, 15, 8, 20, got to the entrance to the land before 8.30 and people were already going in. Uh, I had to wait on you to get there too because we all had to go together because we were under one reservation. But yeah, I think they were letting people in as early as 8 o'clock. Adam the Woo was there, which I ran into him. And in his video, um, he was the very first person at the park that day. I think he got there at 5 a.m. if I remember right from his video. Um, so Yeah, that seems right. But he was in the first wave of people, but of course he hung back to video the crowds going in. So a large group of people came in probably at 8 o'clock, and they filtered in people after that. So, 
I remember telling you a while back that he had the same reservation time, I think. That he, yes, he said yeah, it in one of his vlogs. Right. Yeah. And once I found that out, I was like, okay, I'm going to find him. And sure enough, he was right there. So there you go. Wearing his Disneyland Galaxy's Edge shirt. I'm a little disappointed that you didn't find a way to end up in his vlog, though. So, well, it was funny. <laughs> he was not filming anything uh, at that point, and we in, he walked around, and we ended up walking with him all the way to the Falcon. And uh, at that point, we sort of, you know, he he. I think right after that, he filmed the part because he bought the uh, Coke uh, bottle, the thermal right. detonator Coke bottle. And I think right after that is when he walked over and filmed that part where he was showing it to the stormtroopers, which was a very funny part. If you haven't seen his vlog, right? I will link it um, in our uh, show notes because uh, it was pretty good. Actually, his vlog shows some of the potential rope drop scenario. So that might be beneficial for um, some people who are going to be running either on opening day or shortly thereafter. Yeah, um, and he talked about um, the differences between this one and um, California since he went, you know, he's he lives in California. Yeah. So he went to the Disneyland one, of course. Yeah, he was telling me it was basically exactly the same, but there was some subtle differences. But There are some more subtle differences if you want to know what they are. And, I mean, we don't, like, we don't have any sponsorship with these guys or anything, but it's just one that I've come across that is a good source for this type of information, but TPM vids on their Disney beat segment recently, they had a top seven differences or just top seven things about the one in Hollywood studios versus out in California, which were pretty neat. Actually it's a lot of it revolved around the, um, architecture and how they, um, the cut, the colors, how they, they, they actually, they consciously put colors that blended better in the Florida sky because, you know, it's different than California, what you see mostly in California all the time. So they purposefully um, did a difference with the color scheme. So huh. let's, if you get a chance, check that out. It's TPM vids, and it's like seven, I think it's seven differences, but top seven things about Galaxy's Edge between Very the two different. of them. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm sure most people wouldn't notice much difference, but there are some. So overall thoughts, what, what do you think, Jason, when you walked in? What was your first thought? Well, when we were first walked into the land and we were in that sort of entrance area, we both commented based on the sounds they were playing and sort of the way the path looked. It felt like Pandora at first, actually. Yeah. Uh, the yeah, path yeah. was similar. Uh, we, But then we turned the corner and saw... Uh, I guess it was the X-Wing was the first thing we saw. Yeah, uh, X-Wing and then the A-Wing on yeah. the other side, yeah. And so, and we went past the path for Rise of the, or the, the future entrance to Rise of the Resistance. So, yeah, it was a nice little open area. We finally, I feel like I really started to get the feeling of the land when we got towards around the marketplace area, because at that point that was still pretty uh, empty-ish. And then we, we, we strolled yeah. through the marketplace. I started to build my expectations, excitement, uh, go through the Ronto roasters. I'm like, oh, that's pretty neat. And then you see, of course, the Falcon. Yeah. And it was very well done um, from a theming perspective, I thought. Um, and yeah. it it looked very nice. The Falcon area was very nice. I thought the land was 
large enough for you to explore and feel like you actually are in something big enough to be a land. It's not, you know, it's not very, it's not small. Like, you know, Toy Story Land isn't very big, right? It's just, yeah. just a couple of little paths. But this you can actually wander around in. So I, I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I like it, the, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that that was my initial thoughts on the land. I mean, we can talk about the ride in a minute, but just the land in general, well done. I, I like the fact that they just went really good on the attention to detail on everything, including like the thermal detonators, yeah. uh, things like that. Right, and there's tons of details that are from other Star Wars movies, uh, even Star Wars comics i'm sure but there's just so much in there that little things that i noticed that i'm sure if i go in there again i'm gonna say oh i didn't even see this before but just to give an example one thing in the droid shop the droid depot there's a store kind of attached to it and i pulled out the play app and uh, there's this little spot where there's some old droids kind of in a cage against the wall and I recognized one of them from the uh, Empire Strikes Back, the droid that was talking to Luke uh, as he was being like the medical droid. Um, so that was back there. Was K2SO getting, was back there. When he was getting his new hand? He, uh, no, not... Well, I guess it was the same kind of droid, wasn't it? But I was talking about on Hoth, uh, ah. this, the same droid. I, I'm trying to think now, but... But that droid was there. K2SO was back there from Rogue One. And there's some uh, Arabesh text that you can translate with the Play Disney app. And uh, spoiler alert in case anybody wants to do this. But uh, I translated the text on the wall there. And the text was, these aren't the droids you're looking for. Which I thought that was very funny. So there's full of little things like that that Star Wars fans are going to get a kick out of. So... I loved seeing all the details. There's even an Imperial probe droid in kind of the junk area that I thought was really cool to see. So really cool stuff. Um, it, I could walk around there for hours just looking at the details. I thought it was awesome. Now, without getting the smugglers run yet, uh, yeah. some, some thoughts. So going area by area for me, marketplace when we walked in was fine. But later on, it was so crowded. I think you yeah. and I sort of agreed yep. that was not well done from a crowd management perspective. Like being able yeah. to even get to the shops, it's just so difficult to navigate. It's narrow. The shops aren't very big. It's hard to tell if you, you know, it's just, I didn't think that was well managed. Um, no. And there's only one way in and one way out. I mean, it's basically all the little shops are kind of a U shaped. You just go in one way and curve around to the exit. I mean, and it's a shoebox, essentially. So I, I liked the unique uh, items that some of the shops had, but it was very difficult to get in there to get a close look at certain things. This was a preview, so I'm like, what is it going to be like when it's full of guests, you know, when there's no limit, I guess, on how many guests can go in there? it's going to be you can't even get through there it's going to be so crowded so and then if you if you go to the ronto roasters area i thought that was very well done 
Uh, you had one of the Ronto wraps. I don't know. What did you think of that? I thought it was really good. I would order it again. It's basically a sausage with a slaw and kind of a sauce on it, which I thought was good. The sausage was okay, but the bread was a little dry too. But the slaw and that sauce that they put on it made it made it uh, pretty good. So it's good. It was a little cooked, but it was okay. Exactly. <laughs> cooked by a pod racing engine, which that is one of the best things. People will stare at that for a while. It's fun to watch when the pod racing engine cranks up and roasts all those uh, Ronto hides, I guess you'd call it. Uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, that I like the details there. Uh, Doc Ondar's Den of Antiquities, I'd yeah. say underwhelming, maybe. Yeah, um, I think the our wives went in there while we were doing Smuggler's Run, and they were able to walk right in, and it wasn't busy. But later, we did this sort of after lunch, um, went in there, and we had to wait to get in. And then once we did get in, it was so crowded that we couldn't even, I couldn't, I was trying to get to the kyber crystals so I could look at one up close, but I couldn't get there. I, I literally couldn't get to them. There were so many people in the way, and of course, you know, when you have kids and you're trying to navigate with small kids, you can't just power your way through a crowd. So I never got to see the kyber crystals up close. It's one of those moments that was like the um, um, Dwight meme from The Office. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> about needing a new plague. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. It, yeah. it, that was frustrating. So yeah, I I thought that was not. I mean, it wasn't. It had interesting stuff, but it was so crowded. Um, yeah, I wasn't focused. Yeah. yeah, we did not get to go into Oga's. Uh, we did not build a lightsaber. We yeah. did go into the droid depot. We did not build a droid, but I do like that they had the store attached to it, so that you could go in there without having to build the whatever the the full on droid. Right. Yeah. Um, so that that store was interesting to me. I thought that was fine. I enjoyed that one. Yep. Um I liked it. The first order area, um I thought that had one of the better stores as far as like it was a little out of the way, so it wasn't as crowded. The right. blue milk area. So I had a blue milk, you had the green milk. Yeah. Right? Um, we both did the non-alcoholic version, and then later my wife did the alcoholic blue milk. And I think of those two, the blue milk was better, in our opinion. Yeah, I agree completely. I liked them both, actually. I, I know some people were like, oh, I don't like that one, but I do like the other one. I like them both just fine. I would drink either one again, but the blue one is a little bit better. Yeah, it's sweeter. Uh, I mm. actually think the green one, we didn't try it, but I think the green one would be better with the tequila because it's got that citrus flavor. Um, whereas yeah, the blue one might be better. I mean, I tried it with the rum. It still tasted pretty good, but I, I think the blue one might be better as a non-alcoholic version, whereas the green one kind of is set up to be yeah. a mixer for tequila. Right. Yeah, I tried the blue one with rum, and it wasn't very very great to me. It was. I would rather just have it plain. Yeah. So, I mean, the details were all there. The stormtroopers walking around... Uh, along with Kylo Ren. I mean, they, they interacted with the guests quite a bit. I think, you know, I could sort of tell that they were still sort of getting used to the idea. They, they used some of the same 
tropes over and over again. I think the one thing that was kind of weird to me that would like bothered our wives, but I, I enjoyed because they were trying to get to the detail is the fact that when you buy something, they're like, that's 6.99 credits. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I thought it was funny. They are, they are in character and hilariously in character at some point because they were uh, the photo pass photographer for the Falcon was telling us that the, uh, the planet has three suns and, you know, asking about our planet, whatever. But I was like, okay, I'm looking around. I see one sun. Where's the other two? <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? okay, so Batia well, has asking, three suns. Because your uh, sun turns six. And she's right. like, oh, well, that's six times around your sun. Well, we have three suns. So right. here you'd be 18 or something like that. Yeah, exactly. You know? Because you got, I guess you triple the age because you triple the suns. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Like, and I forgot what they said instead of happy birthday, but it was... Um, they say something besides happy birthday. They do, yes. Well, I can't remember what it is now. They say something like happy... Oh, phooey. The only phrases I've picked up from like YouTube clips and everything is, of course, bright suns and to the spire. But that's the only phrases yeah. I've really yeah. picked up. They they said bright suns a lot. Um yeah, and and Kylo Ren was walking with a purpose, and he walked directly towards Adam with the stroller, and did sort of like the force move to just make him move out yeah. of the way. And so I think he's just doing that thing where he's like, "I'm not stopping." So if you don't move, this is either going to get real embarrassing, or it's going to look like I did a force maneuver to get you out of my way. Right. So exactly. It, you, and it's kind of funny that, okay, the the First Order has their little corner and the Resistance has their little corner. And they're really only like 100 yards apart. <laughs> so it's like right. Kylo Ren is really terrible at fighting Ray Because like, I saw her several places. He needs to work on his force powers. <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> well, you're actually kind of sucky at this. One person was wearing a Rebel t-shirt in the First Order area. And a Stormtrooper walks up and says, you know... Somebody might find your allegiances a bit suspicious, which right. would be suspicious. <laughs> and then they walk away. Uh, right. it, it, it was just odd. I don't know. I think they're working on it. I, I think yeah. that's kind of cool to have them wandering around like that. Um, but I guess the, the big area, of course, was the Falcon. So Adam oh, yes. did the tears, or should I say, the the did your eyes... Sweat with respect as you turn yes. that corner. Yes, my eyes got sweaty. Actually, I was talking with Adam the Woo, so I kind of ruined the um, the reveal for me. Like I was gonna, I was kind of busy focusing on that, and I, I didn't really focus on seeing the Falcon. But uh, after you guys left, and I sort of hung behind a little bit, I just sort of stared at the Falcon for a while, and it is awesome to see it. I, it is. The highlight, I think, of the the preview for me was just looking at the Falcon, the the full sized replica of it. Um, the detail on that thing is amazing, and just seeing something that like I've always loved the Millennium Falcon, and it's been my favorite. I've collected several, uh, you know, models of it or toys of it, and uh, my favorite by far was seeing that. So. It's awesome. I almost stood in line to get another picture by myself in front of the Falcon, but I didn't. <laughs> I should have now that I think about it. But 
Yeah, yeah. it was it, the detail was great. They had lots of different ways to view it. Uh, Smuggler's Run Line basically gives you a lot of different views of the Falcon. Uh, I thought the line for Smuggler's Run was interesting. There was a lot of interesting things to look at. I think that might be one of the best parts, too, was the line. You know, you, you get sort of the low-level view of the Falcon, then you go up the stairs, and then you sort of see it from above. Now, yeah. your son noticed that at one point in that line, you can look out over the Falcon and see Slinky Dog in the distance. So Exactly. Yes, he did. He pointed that out. I guess from his perspective, it was easier to see. Because you do, I guess you have to squat down a little bit to look out that window. And... um you, you, we could easily see Slinky Dog uh, over the the mountain line or the tree line in the distance. So that I, is something that is there, yeah. I was going to say, I think some of that stuff is designed um, for as the shrubbery grows up, that mm-hmm. it's going to cover some of these things probably. Yeah, I was going to so. say that too because I think you can see the tree line goes kind of close to the top of it, but yeah. you can still see the top of that um, track. Yeah, I I think some of it's they're allowing for the natural growth of whatever they planted, pretty much in some cases because they know it's going to grow up some, and they know probably exactly how much. So yeah, so five years from now you probably won't see it, but just uh, as long as Slinky Dog doesn't grow, could be a matter of months. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't think months. I think it'd be a couple years at least. Think that long? Depends on the plant or shrubbery or whatever. Yeah, needs to grow pretty tall. There's some details in the queue when you get into the you know past where you're looking at the Falcon, and you know there's that big pod racing engine or whatever it is in there, um, and then before you get to that though, there's like a I think I'm gonna say this wrong probably, but the Subak I think is the name of the card game, something like that, that Lando and um, Han you know where they he loses the Falcon to Han, they had a card card games set up you know on a table and stuff like that and then there's a radio playing with some weird funky music that i thought was awesome and so there's little details here and there i think there was like a scout trooper helmet that was being used as like a welding helmet so cool stuff like that that you can see details of some of that was a reference to uh, Solo for the you know the people other than right. twenty that watched <laughs> exactly twenty people that watched Solo, right? Probably. So yeah, I thought that was all pretty cool. We waited maybe twenty twenty five minutes for Smuggler's Run, right? Maybe closer to thirty. Yeah, maybe a little more. Like when we first got there, the line for Smuggler's Run was all the way in front of like. Was it Doc Ondar's is right there, I think? Or is that Oga's Cantina? I can't remember. That was Oga's. It was all the Oga's. way to <clears throat> So it was all the way to Oga's Cantina. Yeah, that's right. Doc Ondar's is over by Docking Base 7 and Ronto Roasters. So yeah, it was in front of Oga's, and we waited maybe 10 minutes. We looked around some more, and in 10 minutes, the line was already inside the the queue, fully inside the queue, so... That's when we decided to jump in, and eh, I feel like it may 30, 35 minutes, maybe. I don't remember. It was posted at 60, I think, but I don't think we waited nearly that long. Right, and I would say, to me, you know, we did the two pre-shows. I thought the pre-shows were really good. I, I, I was a little confused about how they're rallying people exactly in the second pre-show. We just sort of wandered around and someone's like, oh, orange tickets over here. 
Um, that was a little odd to me. It's I'm a little concerned I'm going to get stuck with randos that won't group up on my yeah. challenge. They'll be too busy taking photos at the chess table, which I can't remember the name of that game. It's what it's actually called, the hologram chess table. But I had to get my picture there, and I had to look around because they have, like, the tools that Han used for, you know, in Empire Strikes Back. They did some good detail work on getting those where he's trying to fix the hyperdrive. I want, There was a cast member standing in front of it, but, you know, the little control panel where he Han's looking uh, like Han's standing there and Leia's like would it help if I got out and pushed uh, that's in there and I so wanted to say that but it might exactly <laughs> yeah so it's it's awesome it's so much fun to just stand in that room but it's it's there's always a lot of people in there so it, you can't really like have it to yourself per se but it's still kind of fun to look around and see all the stuff in there. So, I mean, yeah, I thought it was cool. We were trying to to keep the kids wrangled. Yeah. Then we get into the ride. You were right pilot. Uh, your son was left pilot. I was left gunner. My son was right gunner. And we had a single rider as right engineer, and the left engineer was empty. Yeah. So what were your thoughts about the ride? Well, I particularly chose right pilot because I wanted to do the light speed. <laughs> so I like I was going to do that position no matter what. <laughs> so I had to do that. And um, so the right pilot just goes up and down with the controls, but you also get to control the light speed lever, which was by far the highlight of the ride for me because I thought that was awesome. Um, I was trying to help my son who was doing the steering left to right because he kept, you know, was unsure of if he was doing it right. And, you know, it's pretty much like mission space where you push the light will flash like, Oh, push this button, you know, to tell you what to do. And I'm sure if I never pulled the lever for light speed, we'd still go to light speed. You know, it's not going to stop you from doing that. Um, but it was still fun to get to do it, and um, I enjoyed it quite a bit, but after it was over, I didn't feel the need to do it again so much. I was like, okay, I did it. I don't feel like I have to try out the other positions. I kind of get the idea of it, so I was a little disappointed that I wasn't more excited about it after the fact, like, oh, I want to do this again. I, I didn't really feel that, so... Um, it's a good ride. It's just it's you can tell it's not the e-ticket for this land. My take was I was a gunner and it was odd to me. It was hard for me to know what to look at because, you know, your buttons to your left. So if you're watching the button, you're not looking out at what's happening. There was just so much going on. It was hard for me like to really pay attention to the right stuff. I didn't even know if I was shooting, shooting or making a difference. So eventually I was just mashing the button and then halfway through, I'd see that I wasn't making a difference and I look over and they changed which button I was supposed to be mashing. So it was hard to keep up with that. Yeah. We did end up with a lot of credits and I noticed too, you know, in a lot of people's videos, when you kind of beat up the Falcon quite a bit that, when you walk out of the cockpit, the lights are flickering and stuff like that. That didn't happen with us. So we must have done pretty well. 
um, overall, it was fun. If you're going there without kids and you ride the ride, there's only one other thing to do in that land, which is spend money. So if yeah. you don't want to spend money and you want to hang out in the land, you can either look at stuff or do the Play Disney app. Right. That's the only free thing you can do. <laughs> yeah. So my take on the ride is going to be that I think, at least at the moment, it's not the best ride in Hollywood Studios. It's an okay ride. And I think that you and I both said that it felt like that land was a little bit incomplete because it was yeah. the only ride. Like, they need the second ride for that land to really feel complete, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, walking out, it was so deserted in the Resistance Forest area. It just felt so, like, half of the land. It's probably really like a third of the land. It's just very empty and underutilized so and they really need rise of the resistance to open to make it a complete land because everyone just walks straight past everything and goes towards smugglers run or black spire outpost because that's where the only thing to do is although i did find that some cool merchandise was over at the um, resistance supply shop which is basically a giant cart but uh, that's where I got my Millennium Falcon model, and some there were some cool pins over there. But uh, otherwise, there was really no reason to be over there unless you wanted a picture in front of an X-Wing. That's about it. I mean, our, we saw Chewie over there. Yeah, I mean, Chewie and Ray hang out over there, so that's cool, I guess. But it's not really that exciting. Well, they so, probably did that on yeah. purpose to get any... To draw any crowds whatsoever over to that area for for yeah. now, anyway. Exactly. Yeah, so there, there's a good chunk of the land that is just going to be people walking straight by it for the most part uh, when it opens. Okay, so I think we hit most everything. Is there anything that we didn't hit about the, what we did in the land? Um, well, you guys ate lunch. Uh, oh, you, yeah. You yeah. Wife, uh, what did you think of Docking Bay 7? Okay, so yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. I forgot about that. So we did go to Docking Bay 7. I had, well, I had the tip yips. My wife had the the rib plate. We got the hummus thing as well. It was all fine. It was all good. I I, I will say this. I think it's maybe the best quick service in Hollywood studios, but that's not saying a whole lot in my opinion. That was yeah, a low bar. A, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is no Satuli canteen, but it also gives some variety that is not cheeseburger, French fries and pizza. Yeah. Uh, so I think from, if I, if you said you got to eat quick service at Hollywood studios, I would pick docking Bay seven. I would probably get something a little bit different. The the yip tip was kind of small. It was like one piece, one chicken tender. Uh, I would maybe, but my wife's rib was much like she got the rib and it was a big rib. I think she had more food to eat. So yeah. food was, was passable. I had the beer. Beer was fine. And also the only other thing that we had to eat, we also got the popcorn at the station oh, in the yeah, marketplace. Katsaka's kettle. Um, yeah. I like that a lot, actually. Yeah, that I that was, was good. that was good. Um, yeah, I I, I should have brought that up because I got the the droid 
thing that you put the popcorn in too. I'm looking oh, at it right now. So yeah, the little was it the little imperial toaster droid? Yeah. I was just sitting here thinking in my head how when you named when you said the name of it was Yep Tips, how I would I would have a uh, I would have the Ewoks out there selling this and saying Yep Tip, we got Yep Tips. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, and so that was that was pretty good. I would yeah, I would go back there. I guess it's really between that and Woody's lunchbox for best quick service. And I'm not. I know you like Woody's lunchbox, and I'm not a yes. huge fan. The tachos are really good. Yeah, I'm not as big of a fan. I mean, the tachos are tater tots, right? Well, it's uh, it's like um, Fritos with chili and tater tots with sour cream, and uh, it's really good. Right. So it's it's heavy fried food, just like yeah. the rest of Hollywood well, Studios. That's true. Yes. Right. So if you want something that's not pizza or heavy fried food, go to get a grown up lemonade, and you'll be fine. You'll forget all about it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I, I I would say it was fine. I I think we're gonna go back when we next time we go and try to hit up Oga's or something like that. So we didn't really get to sample that fare. So um, we may be doing a food and wine trip together. So if we do that, we're gonna also swing over to that, and then you can get the full. We'll get the full trip report on that. Yeah. Well, I know I'll be going to Oga's in about three weeks. So. Ooh. Yeah. That's right. John will have his uh, Oga breakfast there. <laughs> right. <laughs> Actually, I'm hoping that I can experience it during the first hour at some point in there and not have to use it, but not have to use that reservation. Yeah. So um, we'll see how that goes. The droid thing, though, I, I plan on doing still. They asked us if we had a reservation, which I didn't even know you could get them, and I heard from someone later that they were letting people in eventually without reservations, but I didn't, we never even heard about how to do a reservation for the pass holder preview. So that's interesting. It was not common knowledge, was it? But we, we have one for October that we'll, you know, we'll, we'll go check it out. Then I want to try the, I think it's, is it the fuzzy Tauntaun? That is the, uh, am I saying that right? The one that numbs your mouth Mm. when you drink it. (laughs) I'm very curious about that. Okay. No, it does. Literally. So overall, land was cool. I think it'll feel complete when they have the other ride. Um, You could definitely spend a lot of time there. And money. And money. (laughs) But if you're there with a couple of kids, as it stands right now, we couldn't even stay for our full, quote, reservation window because, I mean... You're gonna ri- you're gonna run out of stuff to do with if you have kids along with you. Yeah, so you didn't bored. you didn't have to be escorted. Out. I don't think they were escorting people out. There was no wristband or anything. I think you could stay as long as you wanted. Um, yeah, it's I'm just saying that, that would actually be fun though to be escorted out by stormtroopers. I, I think I would have like tried to I do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if you have kids, yeah, they could ride the ride. But after that, the only other thing that they're gonna want to do is buy things. So, droid. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, with that now, in mind, maybe it's more fun without kids. <laughs> I got to ask because it sounds yeah, like it would be. It sounds like, as far as Smuggler's Run goes, based on information that I had heard, you know, I kind yeah. of gave that, that out there about saying how it's a bit underwhelming. Yeah. 
And that it sounds like your guys' first impressions, you guys' first impressions of it are less than stellar. It is so, a fine ride. I'm not going to make it sound like it's a bad ride. It's not. A I don't bad think ride. anybody has. Yeah. But. It's fine. It's not. The, like the only. There's nothing about it from the ride standpoint that makes it special unless you're basically in the seat that Adam was in where you get to put it in yes. light speed. Like, okay. nothing else about it That's was. That's the best seat by far, yeah. So I guess everything really. Everything else I'm, is not but, special. So I guess really what I'm trying to say is doesn't live up to the hype. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I think sitting in the gunner seat, maybe the maybe Mission Space is a better experience for me than the gunner seat because, like I said, I couldn't I couldn't see I couldn't pay attention to what was going on on the screen and what was going on next to me, and you're not in there long enough to really even experience all the stuff. Like you know, in Mission Space, you sit down, you got a little while to click all the buttons and just sort of hang out and that kind of stuff. There it was like, sit down. Okay, we're going. What am I supposed to do? All right. And then you're, how am I screen gunner? You know, maybe after I've ridden it a few more times, I'll enjoy it more. But it just was all too much too fast. Yeah, it went by quick. Yeah. This is kind of like if they had opened Toy Story Land with alien swirling saucers and not Slinky Dog. I mean, what did you say? Right. Yeah, or like Navi River Journey without, without Flight of Passage. Right. That's what it feels like. So, yeah. Um, and, and like I said, I mean, the, the, the best part for that ride to me was the queue and the pre-shows and the theming and the Falcon yeah. and all that. The ride yeah. itself, eh, nothing special. Yeah, I feel like from everything I've seen, and I haven't even experienced it yet, but the detail of the land seems to be the like the highlight. Yeah, um, so far, currently. yeah. Yeah. You know, I would about Smuggler's Run too. I would say it felt like Star Tours moved more, had more motion as far as the simulator part goes. I didn't feel like we moved around that much, to be honest. So, hmm. yeah, it felt okay. like there was more motion than Star Tours. So to 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 finalize this, I got to ask. So after doing Smuggler's Run, um, what is your each of you might it might be a different answer. What's each of your favorite attraction at Hollywood Studios? Is it Smuggler's Run, or did it unseat your previous favorite, or is it still? Um, I'd say my favorite is still Rock and Roller Coaster. To be honest, I it's my favorite, but um, it's it's up there. I would say I would want to do this just because it's the Falcon. If this was not the Falcon, I wouldn't really care as much for the ride experience, but. Um, yeah. How long would you Still wait good. for it? 45 minutes. Yeah, I was somewhere in there. I was going to say somewhere in there. Less than an hour, but so you 45 minutes. If you came up and saw it was 60 minutes plus, you wouldn't wait in line. If it said 60 minutes, I'd take a look at touring plans and see if it really was 60. But you wouldn't. If you, if you actually had to wait 60, you wouldn't is what I'm saying. If I was I, by myself, I would. I I think that I think that would say depend on the day. If it's sixty minutes, and every you know, if it's a busy day, yes, I would wait it. Of course, if I was by myself, I'd probably do single rider. But yeah, yeah, well, I would do single rider anyways. I think that's going to be the thing too. When it first opens, I think it's no brainer. You're going to rope drop it if you're if you're running like a challenge. It's a no brainer because it's open at six a.m. It's the first thing. 
but I think it might end up being like a test track where it's not a priority because they're going to have a single rider line. And I think the single rider line is going to move because they're, they're going to try to fill up the vehicles. So yeah, we keep talking about which one's going to have the longer wait time. Yeah. Once rise of the resistance is over the open, this is not going to have a long wait time. Now uh, tower of terror and rock and roller coaster might even be longer. Oh yeah, I think I think so. Well, I don't know. Tower of Terror. Now that they got both sides open, I don't know if you saw my tweet. It was posted, forty-five minute wait, and we got in right. line and waited fifteen. Yeah, it was moving. Now it's great. Yeah, that's always been my personal favorite there, and still is. But um, what, yeah, what Tower did, of Terror is my favorite. Yeah. Is that yours? Okay, that's what I was going to ask when you did that. So obviously don't feel the same way about smugglers run as say when you first did flight of passage, which they're not, they're not really comparable. Um, right. But I will say, I think the land is great. I would say it's, it's a solid B at the moment. Cause it's missing something. It's missing a right. ride. Gotcha. It doesn't feel complete yet. Now, if rise of the resistance delivers, it's an A plus land, a plus right yeah uh because like let's say rise of the resistance is amazing it is by far and away going to be better than toy story land because toy story land has slinky dog and saucers that it added just to say and smugglers run is better than saucers right and it's a it's a better ride than saucers and rise of the resistance is going to be better than slinky dog yeah, yeah, well, I th- I think there's two different tar- target audiences as far as type of attractions for these two lands, but I get what you're saying. Um, yeah. When you're com- if you're going to compare them in that sense, but now if Rise of the Resistance underwhelms, then this land is basically going entirely on the theming, and at that point, it doesn't quite hold up as great. I mean, theming is a lot. I mean, it is a theme park. That's what Disney does well, but you got to pull off at least one good like oh wow kind of thing yeah for a ride well it's just interesting right. to me that you guys came off with the the um thoughts that you did you know as far as the attraction itself because you know most people are saying it's an okay attract well i say most people are saying it's a good attraction but there's some like you know i took lynn testa's account into it about saying it was just an okay attraction and um uh, apparently you guys kind of or in that same boat as Mr. Testa, in yeah. a way. Um, but, um, yeah. I mean, at the you end know, of the day, it's a motion simulator very similar to Star Tours. You're just in a smaller simulator. Right. So well, it's old technology, but the theming around it is incredible. Right, right. So but, it yeah, elevates it a little bit. Because your first, your first thing is about, well, like, whoa, I'm in the Falcon. But then, like, when you have the experience, you're like, hmm, did I, is this really repeatable? As, yeah. You know what I mean? That's probably what people ask themselves. Yeah. And I think for me, it was all downhill because I was the best position you could be in, I think. Right Pilot right, yeah. is the best, best so spot. You have nothing else to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. It's all downhill from there because I'm sure, yeah, it just is. Uh, anyway, when I went on Flight of Passage, yeah. I was like, when I came off of it, when I was still on the high, so to speak, after yeah, the attraction, yeah. I was like, well, this is the best one here. But yeah. then afterwards, I'm like, no, I still like Everest the best. You know, that's how, how I feel. Just me personally, um, for my personal preference. I was like, well, this is my new favorite ride, but no, I still prefer Everest for whatever reason. So, yeah. 
Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. They're both must-dos at that park, in my opinion. But I just, you know, it, it didn't unseat Everest for me. But Yeah, it's interesting now looking back. They really, I think, over did it with the let's open early strategy right Um, right. because this has led to sort of this feedback loop of first of all people are like oh too many crowds i'm not coming and the people who did go are like well it's not quite done yet right and and, but it's still amazing but if you're only going to go once maybe wait like if you're only going to be able to go once don't go yet right right yeah Exactly, yep. yeah. Wait. Wait until the rest of it's open because yeah. you're not going to get the full experience. If you're if you're someone who's like, "Well, I'm going to go twice or I can go now and I can go next year." Then by all means, it's it's definitely worth going to. 100%. It is right. beautiful. It's wonderful. It's a great experience. But, you know, you're going to regret that you didn't get to do right the the big ride. See, my prediction, I actually put it on a comment on Twitter for this opening of this land is busier than California, still under expectations and is going to drop off significantly after the first like three, maybe four days. Um, hope so. As far as, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for your sake. I hope so. Commando for your sake. I really, I mean, I say when I say drop off significantly, I'm saying go from a 10 to maybe a six or a seven. That's still significant, but again, I mean, it's it. Hollywood Studios is going to probably see the biggest crowds just because Galaxy's Edge is still going to be fresh at that point um, for for September, and it might cause some of the other parks to be lower than expected. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. Yep. I mean, September's already a, a slow time, and at yep. the rate things are falling at Magic Kingdom, there might not be anything to ride there before long. <laughs> Well, it's shaping up, based on the stuff we hear about booking, it's shaping up to be, like, one of the slowest they've had in a while. So, we'll see. I personally wouldn't have a problem with that. But, um, especially since I'm going to be there. So, yeah. all right. Um, you guys have anything else to add? I think that pretty much wraps this one up. Yep. Um, nope, we're good. One little thing to do here, kind of, I guess you could call this pre-outro, uh, Um you know, do, don't we plan on doing putting some of these videos up on YouTube? Like, don't y'all do yes. some video footage? I took a ton of videos. We need to find time to edit right. them gotcha. and uh, get you get some stuff out uh, on YouTube. Uh, but I took a lot of things, not just from Galaxy's Edge, but our whole trip, including some on ride videos and things like that. So we're 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 learning. We're trying to get some more video content out there to you guys. Right. So get it on the. We have we have a YouTube channel. We just have not utilized it at all thus far. Yeah. So um, now that we Working have right. some newer stuff to utilize, uh, I told you, Adam, like I had some like older stuff that I pretty much have ready to go that maybe I can just upload it, start getting some views yeah. and attention to it, if nothing else. Yeah, and then once definitely. the once the Galaxy's Edge footage is ready, that would be the 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 real boost, I guess, to it. But I, I mean, I had some things that were basically ready to go. To add to what we normally say, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can add YouTube to the list uh, very shortly. We don't have any content just yet, but there might, you never know, there might even be some by the time this episode 
is um, re- uh, you're listening to it. So um, that's all at TWTM Podcast uh, on the, the social media. And um, I'm really not 100% sure what the YouTube one is. You just have to search TWTM Podcast or Traveling with the Mouse on YouTube to find us. So um, we also have a Spreadshirt store in which you can fi- uh, still buy the exclusive Traveling with the Mouse gear. Uh, I have my shirt ready to go in September that I plan, or shirts I really, that I have ready to go in September that I plan on wearing. Um, that is shop.spreadshirt.com slash TWTM podcast. And if you forgot everything John just said, we have a website, which is travelingwiththemouse.com. So you can go there and find links to all those things there. And we have a Patreon page as well, patreon.com slash podcast. Help support the show that way, and we'll put some stuff on Patreon as well. All right, so for Jason, Adam, and I am John, this has been Traveling with the Mouse, and we hope you will join us on our next trip. IP, UP, we all pee for the Incredibles overlay. Bye.